0: Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at MonicaFergusonCoaching Monica Ferguson Coaching where you can join my group for extra inspiration and I'm also on Instagram at mon3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey hey friends, Monica here and welcome back to my latest episode of Made in Speech. I had a great time chatting with Lorraine Hamilton who is a professional certified coach, author, speaker and CEO of Coach School and she works with ambitious professionals to become legendary leaders so that they can make a living from making a difference. Totally up my alley. She is the coolest here ever as you'll hear in this podcast and you may gather from the name of this podcast but we really focused on relationships and how how to navigate them at this time, how to communicate well, how to bring all of our goals and our values together. So so informative, heaps of fun. Enjoy. Okay, so first things first, hello and welcome. Second thing, um, you might just be the funkiest person I've ever seen in my life. And I kind of want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) Just Um,
1: putting that out there. (laughs) Um hello and thank you for having me. And I don't think I've ever had a welcome quite as emphatic as that. uh, Thank you. not quite sure what to say to that Monica but it's very flattering just
0: take it honestly I'm gonna to have to make sure we put photos around the view so everyone can see how red you are <laughs> I remember that's the first thing I thought when I met you in real life as well although I think your hair was pink then you've gone a bit
1: darker it's, so, it's sorry. <laughs> today because, I mean that's the thing is people think it's so out there but you know I am trapped in this hair just as much as everybody else <laughs> is trapped in their hair it's just doing it for so long and now it's become part of my branding so I can't even mess with the colors too much so yeah so I'm going more blue right now sometimes I'm more purple other times I'm a bit pink and yeah I just mix it up
0: I love that see this is totally already throwing me off I have a plan and I've already got other questions totally unrelated so I'm going to ask one question and then I'm going to be focused and professional okay so just in terms of branding How awesome is that? Because I had a conversation with someone yesterday about LinkedIn, right? And she was saying that when she was on LinkedIn in her gray suits and her black clothes, everyone liked her. And she's recently decided, you know what? You only live once. I'm going to rock bright yellow clothes. And no one likes her anymore. No one engages with her stuff anymore online. Really? Yeah. And we're just thinking about that. Like, How awesome is it to create a brand, though, that's so
1: out there that people notice you know it's so different to everyone else well the the brand came after I was you know blissfully unaware until um I was uh, even recently I went to Canada just before lockdown and I, I was running a workshop there and I had like my students come in from all over and, and we ran this this workshop and so I took the opportunity to Um, to ask them do some market research and they're like yeah but we hired you because of your hair it's like yeah okay wind the truck back here and I've heard this before you know people do hire me or they get on the phone with me because of my hair and what I've realized after distilling it down and it not be I mean it's right there Monica it's so obvious now but um, they're like yeah because you know I don't want purple hair but you know, it means that you're living life on your own terms and, you know, you're bold and you're genuine and you're so authentic. And I'm like, oh yeah, so I am. That's kind of what what my message is as well. That's kind of cool. So, I mean, the the, the brand kind of developed. The bland, brand has always been purple and blue for, for a few years now. Um, but then again, that was my designer who was inspired by the hair. So, yeah, I tend to do things backwards. But now we feel quite aligned. <laughs> yeah, it all came together in the end. It does. It does. It's like I never really go in a forward. You know. Yeah, you can join the dots up when you look backwards, not forwards. Hundred percent. Safe job said that, didn't he? Did he? he yeah.
0: Was a very smart man. I quote him quite, quite often. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, one of the reasons I reached out to you, besides you're here was because I read that awesome, awesome blog post that you wrote a couple of weeks ago about a cup, right? Now, except it wasn't about a cup, obviously. But it was really interesting, and because obviously in New Zealand, we've been in lockdown for four and a bit weeks now, and I loved because I love this so much, so many people react right to the external stuff when it comes to relationships, like what they what someone said, but they're not going beneath the surface and actually looking at The story or what that's triggered within themselves and so I loved your blog so much could you please chat about that a little bit
1: (laughs) cup yeah so so this was this was about the the cup on the dishwasher but it could be anything you know it could be the towels in the bathroom floor it could be the not making the bed or taking the bins out and really it was just to to illustrate how we get so worked up usually with the people who are closest to us about things like the cup the towels the bin when it's got nothing to do with the cup the towels the bin it's what that represents to us and so we play this game with the people that we love the most And we test them constantly about their their dedication to us or how much they respect us or how much they love us with these little things. It's sort of like, oh, well, my husband put the cup on the dishwasher, but he didn't put it in the dishwasher and so he doesn't love me. And then if he put it in the dishwasher, he wouldn't put it in the right place in the dishwasher (laughs) or he doesn't love me. And so it's not about the thing. It's about what the thing represents to us. And so we have all our our loved ones wandering around um doing these things unconsciously not realizing what they mean to us as individuals and then we're we're wrapping all this meaning up and then usually what plays out after that is that there's either a big fight about the cup in which case you know the husband's going what the it's a cup (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) They really genuinely don't understand until this outpouring of, you don't love me, you don't see what I do around here, and they're like, but it's a cup. Where did all of this come from? And so they're they're on the back foot. So that's really what the, the post was about. It was about, you know, is it really about the cup or is it about what the cup represents? And can you get that need? Can you get that demonstration of love, respect, somewhere else, in a way that's easier for the other person. And Why do we put such tight constraints over how you say you love me? Yeah. And I love what you just said. Why do we test people? Like, why do we, now that you actually
0: say that out loud, I think, oh my gosh, is it like the negativity bias? Is it almost like there's a part of us that expects that it's going to end soon? And that's why, or that because we're in a state of vulnerability as you are when you love someone, of course you're open to it not working out is there a part of us that's kind of like, yeah, always looking for validation, and that's why we do react like this to certain things that actually are insignificant, but it's, it's sort of showing what we're feeling deeper down.
1: Yeah, I mean, it absolutely could be that, or it could just be that our communication has become less conscious over, over the years. I think, you know that that we start to when we're very familiar with someone we start to assume that they know what things mean to us and what our values are and but values change you know we might have come together because we shared values but values do change in different situations and over time so maybe there's a bit of an assumption and and especially now and when i wrote that post it was about you know we're in this melting pot right now this is the time to be more careful with your communication than ever before um and and you know I do believe that that good strong communication and conscious communication is absolutely vital in in all relationships
0: absolutely I love that the conscious aspect because you know my next question is sort of how much is actually fair to expect of your partner? Because at the end of the day, if these are our own insecurities, our own triggers, then actually they sit with us, right? So isn't it our responsibility to really understand them, to navigate them, not to project them onto someone else, but then at the same time, you still do need to be able to communicate. So where do you think the line is between owning your own stuff and then having like expectations on other people?
1: well I I don't know if there's a a hard and fast line but I'll tell you I'll tell you a story about how it plays out in in my house because I used to be the you know I need to have the perfect house and you know if you don't pick up after you then it's disrespecting me and and then you know I I teach this stuff and so I had to actually take my own medicine at one point and went oh hang on so so how that plays out um how that plays out for us is, so one weekend a month, when we're not in lockdown, I work away one weekend a month. And so I go away Friday afternoon, I work all weekend at a retreat, and I'm teaching behavioural um, change and mindset. And then I come home, I come back about six o'clock at night on Sunday. Now, when I come home, I know that for probably the all the time that I've been driving home, My family have been running around like idiots like trying to clean up the house, right? So, you know, the washing's been on and the Hoover's been out and, you know, but they do that for me, right? They do that because they know it's important to me and I like to have a nice tidy house to come back and I can relax. I find it difficult to relax if the house isn't tidy. Do they do it the way that I would do it? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Have they had the house like that all weekend? No, it's been what I would call a pigsty probably all weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay because it doesn't bother them. So what they've done is they have done their best effort for me. And I recognize that. Now I could come in and go, oh, you haven't hung the washing up right. Or the dishwasher's not stacked properly. Or you missed a bit, right? (laughs) That's on me. Right? What they've done is they've done something that they wouldn't choose to do because they know it's important to me. That's them demonstrating that they see me, that they respect me, that they love me. Yeah. Anything beyond that, that's on me. That's my stuff. It's yeah. the same as being at home at the moment and everybody's at home. I'm used to having this place to myself all the time. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more housework that's needing done. But instead of getting annoyed at them, I'm like, well, do you know what? If I want it done, it's for me. So I'm going to do it. Now, I mean, that's, that's kind of a vast generalization. I'm not saying that I'm a doormat and they don't do anything. You can tell I've got them trained quite well. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. But but the the point being that there is a way they can go so far. They know what's important to me because I've explained it to them. I say, when when the house is tidy, it means that I can relax. Mm. And so they recognize that they make an effort to do that because they want to demonstrate that they see me, they respect me, they know I've been working all weekend and they give it their best shot. Anything beyond that, that's on me. Yeah, I love it. So question, have
0: you done that quiz around languages of love? I have, yes.
1: Is yours acts of service? Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. An- it's, it's, it's up there. Yeah. Acts yeah. Of I'm actually, I'm also gifts. Um, yeah. But I think that's, I like to give gifts. Yeah. So I really like to give gifts to demonstrate thought that I'm thinking of people. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. acts of service is up there too.
0: Yeah. So I think that's, so important in a relationship as well to understand this how you give and receive love because um yeah like your your top two are my bottom two if someone gives me a present i'm unimpressed honestly i'm like yeah i can see there's an effort but if you'd actually booked in time for us to go and walk at the beach and have a conversation without our cell phones that would mean so
1: much to me you know (laughs) it's really interesting yeah, yeah, And my husbands are the opposite of mine. So when we recognize that, we're like, oh, so I keep doing the things that you hate and you keep doing the things that I hate. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to meet in the middle. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's definitely a game changer, that one. Mm. Um, okay, I'm just going to go with some of my random brainstorming that I wrote down this morning, which I always said I try not to prepare things. And then at breakfast this morning, I was like, ask her this, ask her this. Um, So how do you think because I know you're very successful which is so amazing and what I'm really curious in is how do you think what is the connection in the relationship between having a really happy home life and being able to be really successful
1: um well success is again success is your definition of success yep. so my part of my definition of success is having a happy home life yes so so it's really understanding what my values are and what's most important to me and then and then creating things around that so yeah there are times when I'm probably doing more hours than I want to be and I'm kind of rushing from one call to the next but no having a having time and space this the life that I have now is by design yeah I love it when I was working for you know when I was an engineer and I was working in in corporate, I was a way more i you know I had a commute I had a team that I was responsible for I had a minimum number of hours that I was working I was on call i was there was a lot more stress there um This is something that I've been planning and working towards for a long time mm. um and i you know I recognized that. Probably, I'm trying to think, probably three or four years ago when I actually was able to, to be here when my parents came to New Zealand. They came for six weeks and I had no annual leave left. So I was like, well, now's the time I need to walk away from this job. And I had been, so I did. I walked away from the job so that I could be with my, my parents when they were here. And while they were here, we were dashing here. We were going and doing this thing and I was squeezing work in. And then I sat down and realized that, you know, actually this is what success is. It's the ability to do those things and to make that space. And that's what gives me that sense of satisfaction um, that I can be present for my kids because I'm not worrying about the next email that's coming in or I'm not worrying about having to get to this meeting tomorrow morning. It's just, I I think it's, I've gone off track, but defining what success is, I think, is is the real key to that. And you know, I, I'm I'm really proud that I was able to do that, and it's it has meant doing the hustle, which is not a word that I I love, but I did the hustle for a while, and and now I'm enjoying the fruits of that, I suppose. Yeah.
0: I love that so much real talk right here and you've just named our podcast by the way something it'll be something about life by design (laughs) because I love that I absolutely love this stuff my partner the same he I don't even know a year ago or something said to me you know the most important thing is that you create your own definition for success yeah and I love that so much because it does make it like yeah there's what we do but I think that when you're really creating your life and that's the thing most people don't think about this right they they kind of react to things like I need to pay my bills so I'll put up with this job or whatever but when you actually decide I'm not gonna sit at home and not be able to see my parents because I've got no leave like that's not gonna be my life you know and like for me before the call we were talking about you know my brother died and that was my massive wake-up call that actually you get one life and you don't know how long it is and I don't want to spend it soaking my guts out getting paid nothing doing things that don't like fire me up um And actually, it is all part of it. Like, you know, being able to create a podcast, um, I can do that anywhere in the world, which means I can travel with my partner overseas when he's speaking overseas and stuff like that. And it, it does all come together.
1: It's um, I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I kind of question. I've been as a coach, I question it often. But there was um an article that I did oh quite a few years ago now, and it was. All around this idea of you know success equals six figures, and you know, now success equals seven figures, so seven figures is the new six figures. Um and because I work internationally, I was like, well, which six figures is it? Is it New Zealand dollars? Is it US dollars? Is it pounds? Is it Euros? Which six figures is it? Because those are all completely different numbers. Yeah. So, you know, really think about what does success mean for you? What what does your life need to look like for you to feel successful? and yes, money is part of it, but it's not all of it by by a long way. yep
0: and I love this so much on your website how you talk about um wanting to impact millions and honestly, I was like, yes, because this is how I speak as well, and most people like i last year I was at this um this event I was a panelist and I was there speaking about photography and stuff like that but In terms of, you know, I was asked, what's my, you know, my hag, my, you know, big, hairy, audacious goal. And the other two panelists that I was with didn't have one at all. And I was like, huh. And my goal, which was massive, right. And I felt so like I sort of shrunk back into my shell and I didn't want to say it. And I was like, oh, people are going to think this about me and da, 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 da. And a friend of mine really actually told me off afterwards because I did. I shrunk it when I told them what it was. She said, right, but you actually have a responsibility to say this out loud because then other people look at it and go oh this is actually isn't a big like it's not actually a big hairy audacious goal this is the impact that i want to create this is my vision if you own it you then give everyone else permission to own their own right
1: <laughs> that's right And that's yeah. right. i think you know the other um just a, a word on that is that these inspiring goals they're not they're not things that we're expecting to achieve next year. It's not, it's, it's a, it's a driving force that's going to keep us moving and keep us in momentum. So, you know, one of mine is to be the most trusted training provider in the world. I love that. Not to be the the biggest, not to be the most successful, not to be the cheapest, whatever. It's to be the most trusted coach training provider in the world. Now, that might take me a lifetime to achieve or, you know, I might achieve it by next Thursday. Doubtful. But, <laughs> but, but it's the driving force. And it means that when I, when I look at my systems and processes and I look, is this contributing to being the most trusted coach training provider in the world or not? Mm. And it's a guidepost for how I show up in the world. It's not about me marking my line in the sand and saying, well, I'm going to do this. And if I don't, I'm a failure. It's what informs the action that I'm going to take. Yeah, I love that. And then every day there'd be evidence
0: of that for you. Like every time someone works with you and they trust you and they feel safe, you're like, boom, that's me, you know, doing it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's right. And that's why people come to me. They come to my school because they want to feel that they're making a good decision. They don't want to worry that they have made the wrong decision or they've gone to the wrong place so I spend a lot of time with people before they even join the school to to make sure that it's the right thing for them so that they can feel safe in the decision that they're making because you know it's, it's a decent investment of time and, and money
0: mm.
1: yeah.
0: yeah I love that this is so funny we've started on relationships and we've ended up in you know you know world domination but that typically happens to me quite often but I do want to sort of like marry the two back together because I heard this really interesting thing the other day um, from a a business coach actually and he was saying that you need to align your personal goals with your professional goals like as a partnership and so looking at and I love that because I honestly never thought of that before it was always like I had my thing I did my thing I had my separate world you know my partner whoever I was with at the time was over there doing their own thing I'm like how do we start to do that like what is your for example in your own life how do you guys kind of navigate this
1: um so for for me the whole thing is holistic you know when I'm working with clients as well though they come to me because they want their business to to grow and I'm like well you know I'm much more interested in your stress management plan than your business plan yes. so it's it's everything informs everything else so I look at them as a whole person first and the relationships that they're having but it's also around um a little bit of compromise a little bit of giving taking back to that communication piece and not not being quiet when your your goals are shifting so how it plays out in our house is that I have a location-independent business. I can work from anywhere in the world. At the moment, we live in New Zealand. I've got a little bit of an itch going on now. I'm like, oh, I'd quite like to go somewhere else. (laughs) However, my kids are at a stage where we don't want to uproot them and take them somewhere else because they're teenagers now. They're really finding their, their place in the world. Mm-hmm. Belonging is very important to them. Independence is very important to them. So again, that's their values. My value of adventure doesn't work with their values. Yeah. I would take more financial risks in our relationship. My husband's security is one of his very strong core values. So he's more risk averse. And and to his credit, because I would probably be bankrupt if it wasn't. (laughs) So so it's about understanding what's most important to each individual in the family or in the relationship and and working with that. So right back to the cup, Mm -hmm. you know, the cup represented respect and love. Um, You know, those things are important to me. They're important to most people. But knowing what's important to the important people in your life yeah. helps you to, to balance that and make sure that the professional goals that, that you have are going to sit with the overall life goals, I guess, that, that you're going to have as in your family unit. So, yes, I can go off to Canada and run workshops and things, and that's fabulous, and it's all very glamorous. Um, but I couldn't do that without the support of Mark being here, for the girls, so none of it is done in isolation, but it's very much a partnership, it's a four-way partnership now, Um, instead of, you know, one person going off, oh, I'm going off to do this, and just expect the other to pick up the pieces. Does that
0: kind of answer your question? It does, yeah, absolutely. Um, Because another thing that I wanted to ask you about, actually I've got two things, I need to write this down, I'll forget the other one, But I know a lot of people, and I kind of, well, I observe this just, you know, in my own friends and family and stuff like this. Um, Do you have any tips for how to remain a whole, confident, secure person on your own in a relationship and not to fall into that trap of sort of codependency? Because I see that so often, you know, that people kind of lose their identity and they become... Sort of one blurred thing instead of staying, you know, two separate people who work together. That makes sense. Oh,
1: okay. So, um, do I I always? I always get nervous when people say, "Do you have any tips about?" And I'm like, "What? (laughs) Take tips away. Take tips out of
0: it." Then, (laughs) (laughs) really, about identity, you know, and staying true to yourself, and um, yeah, staying feeling secure and, and being a whole person. And not needing,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I again, for me, all of my work comes back to values-based work. It's like, and I talk about legendary leadership coming from personal leadership. So, if you really want to be a, a leader in your in your industry, in your career, in your life, then you need to understand yourself first. So, understanding what's most important to you, because certainly, I imagine a number of your listeners are are you know women they might be mums everybody comes before them but that often breeds resentment or this sense of loss of identity so you need to know what's most important to you first and you can do that and do you know what if family isn't the most important thing to you first and foremost that's okay too because it's going to make you a better part of your family so understanding yourself first what's most important to you at a values level whether that's achievement you know or um peace and spirituality those kinds of of words that that make you feel something what what are your values because you can't unru- outrun your values you just can't um and you will behave in a way that honors them i i i i I pause when I say honors them because sometimes the behavior may not look that way, but it is fighting for what's most important to you. And and the majority of people are not consciously aware of what their values are. So definitely do some work on what are your values and then seek to understand what are the values of your partner? What's most important to them? Because if you, if you know those things, then you can behave in a way and you also understand the way that they're behaving. And then that communication bit, which is what joins the two of you together, is so much easier to navigate. Yeah.
0: Yes. Ah, okay. Which is so funny because the next word that I'd written down was communication. So that was just amazingly well done. (laughs) (laughs) And Because this is a big question that I have for you too. In terms of communication, I'm not going to ask for tips. But let's, say, let's go with advice instead. Um, and how to communicate what you need, right? Now, I've been observing this within my own relationships and noticing, because exactly coming off that values bit, when, when some sort of insecurity has been triggered or like fear of rejection or something and you feel hurt that is so often the time that I want to be like, rah, you know, but actually having the awareness to be like, is this actually about them or is this something that I need to work on with them myself? Because if I feel insecure, nine times out of 10, it's actually nothing to do with them, but kind of finding the line, like how often should we be articulating to our partner? This is how I feel. Um, you know, it's like kind of finding the balance between that thing of owning your own stuff and knowing when it's about you, and not wanting to project things, but also making it clear to people where your sort of lines are, where your boundaries are, what's acceptable to you, how you want to be treated. There's sort of a question in there somewhere. If that made sense. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, and I think it, again, you know, having that that benchmark for yourself of what's most important to you is, is such a solid foundation for this, because often your partner, or your girlfriend, or your sibling, or someone that's close to you is or your coach is going to be someone that you you can really draw on in in these times. And certainly if you are having a strong response to something, then it's worthwhile having not in that moment. Let me, I have some, I have some around this. Okay. So not in that moment, because that's not a good time to have that conversation. Um, but if we use the, let's use Can we use the cup as an example? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's say we have the, the cup thing that didn't make it into the dishwasher. Um instead of losing the plot over the catch you just put that cup into the dishwasher, um taking that step back and, and once you've had time to to calm down, talking to your partner and saying, you know what, see when when the cup doesn't make it into the dishwasher, what that actually means to me is that you don't respect me or it feels like i'm not important to you because actually having a clean house helps me to stay calm and 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 safe so is there is there a way that we can come to some sort of agreement around this because i get that it's not necessarily about the cup but it kind of triggers that i feel that maybe i'm not being seen as much as i should so then it opens up a conversation about what is possible for your partner. to say. Like, oh, right, well, the cup uh, doesn't even enter my head. You know, I take the cup into the kitchen and then I don't think about it anymore. Like, OK, but I do see that you are working really, really hard. And, you know, maybe maybe we could go out for dinner and have some time, just the two of us. So now they're beginning to see what the, the underlying meaning is and what's most important to you. Mm. So. I don't know if that answers the not question that wasn't in the, the conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. It does. Because it's, it's that thing of like saying and observing within myself as much as I would never want to admit this to anyone, um, let alone to everyone on this podcast. But you know, those moments where you feel really triggered. And I noticed, you know, for many of us as well in this lockdown time, you know I was journaling about this last night about actually let 's be a little bit more gentle with ourselves, considering what has gone on right now um, actually it's it 's acceptable to have some emotional highs and lows as we navigate this time you know it 's massive, so yep that 's cool, but then actually noticing that some of those days where I was feeling really re- like just drained and exhausted and in desperate need of hugs, honestly. Physical touch is one of my languages of love and I need hugs and I'm, it's not good for me. So I feel really isolated, you know? So I had one of those days and I really like lashed out at my partner about all this stuff and because we're long distance, so that makes it fun as well. Um, and yeah, and I just noticed, you know, that exactly like you said, do not have these conversations in the moment because it's never, you don't say what you mean anyway. All you do is project your frustration onto them. They're never going to hear it. They're never going to respond. No one responds nicely when they're being attacked. But then, yeah, had I spent a few hours having a cup of tea, reading a book, relaxing, and then thought about it and then gone back and said, actually, I feel like this, you know, and talked about it, that would have been a very different response. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I mean, a couple of things to, to add to that. So in this particular scenario that we're all facing at the moment is – There is a, we're all under um, stress, even though we might not consciously think that we're under stress. There are things that are stressing us right now. You know, we might be worried about family. We might be worried about our jobs. We might be worried about a lot of things. Um, So we're, we're under some amount of stress every day as we go through this. Now, the thing with stress is that it, it um, compromises your ability to process information by up to 80%. Wow. Yeah, so depending on the level of stress that you're at, it can can reduce the way that you process information by up to 80%. So that's kind of like going from having a bachelor's degree to being in primary school, if you take it in education grades. It will drop you like four or five education grades. Mm. So if you imagine, You're, you know, very together self, very educated self dealing with the situation versus the you in primary school. That's kind of what you're dealing with right now when you're under stress. So, first of all, give yourself a break. (laughs) Yeah, that's huge. Huge. (laughs) And then the second part of that is looking at the way that you're showing up. If you are yelling and screaming at your partner, what are they seeing? They're like looking at you going, whoa. My partner's lost their mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's mental. I'm worried for her. Um, but, but really, they're, looking, they're not looking at what's really going on for you. They, are only, they can only deal with the behavior. So that's the only information that they have right now is the behavior. Mm. So based on what they see in your behavior, they are going to behave in a certain way. And that behavior might be they need to self Preserve, so they back off when you want them to lean in or they do something else that you know isn't actually what you need and then you see that as being further isolated less understood and so the cycle perpetuates and so that's why take a step back and go okay I actually need to communicate what's happening here in a way that they can understand and doing that very simply is when i when i don't get hugs the impact is that i feel unsafe my stress levels go up and i get really really worried so in this time when i can't physically get hugs from you um can we have more phone calls can is there a way that we can um you know have a Netflix party together or something that is going to give me an element of connection that I'm not getting from the physical touch Uh,
0: yeah I love that and I think that's the interesting thing is that it has been a very unique time for everyone and you know if we talk about my partner and I'm sure he'll love this um oh well, hopefully I'll just make sure he doesn't listen to this episode (laughs) um you know he's had so much stress like just unimaginable amounts of stress at his end as well, which means that we actually have spent very little time connecting during this time. So for me, you know, the reason I keep asking about, you know, self-awareness and how much to project and stuff like that is because this is a real conversation I've been having with myself around, I actually can't do that. Like I can't put more onto him. I actually can't say I need an hour a night on the phone. It's just not going to happen at the moment. So for me, it's been more about, how can I really dig into my own self-care, my own self-love, connecting with other people, you know, for me, like, podcasts are amazing, because we get to have these amazingly deep, real conversations with brilliant people everywhere I go, and that, so that does fulfill that sort of connection need within me, to a degree, Um, you know, but it's been, yeah, I think it's been really interesting for everyone, and no one really knows how to do it, and For those of us, especially, you know, who have businesses and stuff like that, it's been this very innovative time, so we're not really sitting there doing nothing, watching Tiger King like everyone else is on Netflix. Um, It's been more about, yeah, getting, keeping things moving and so that we actually have things to go on with on the other side, you know, but it's,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, So, I mean, that's a perfect example of knowing what you need, knowing what's most important to you, your partner knowing what's important to him, And you knowing what's important to him, so you clearly know the pressure that he's under and that, you know, he can't give any more. What can you give him? But without knowing that, without having that foundation of knowing what are the priorities, Mm -hmm. then how do you take the next step? So whenever a client comes to me and they go, oh, this has happened, this has all changed, or I need to set my focus, I've lost my focus. It's like, okay, well, let's go back to basics what is most important right now what is bobbling up to the surface and for some people it's like well i'm really worried about money i wasn't worried about money before but now that is that's something that i'm worried about okay let's look at that and look at where the the priorities have had to shift and reshuffle because they have and this is this is a a strange once in a lifetime phenomena but it still happens all the time outside of this particular scenario it's like we're always individually got new stresses and new situations and new things that we have to navigate so always back to that point you say you know we talked about love languages and knowing what our love languages are is really important that's that's a simplified version of knowing what your values are it's just it's more personal awareness and that's the start of personal leadership and Personal leadership is the start of leadership in any other aspect of your life.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that so much.
1: That's how I feel as well. I feel like this
0: whole time, this sort of lockdown time has been like boot camp for me in every level of every area of my life. It's been, I I view it more as an invitation to really level up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, I actually, I don't have any of those external things. So it's really me sitting with me being like right how are we going to respond to this right now (laughs) and actually yeah I can't make someone else responsible for my sense of connection or for my feeling good it's all on me so um and that again that's why I was asking before about yeah how much you know projecting and and sort of keeping your own identity and stuff like that because I think that it is amazing when you get to the point that you actually feel complete as one person you know because I think that in in our society, you know, we are trained that you've got to find your knight in shining armor, and, you know, until you meet your match, you're not complete, and it's like, actually, it couldn't be further from the truth, Um, you're two holes coming together, as opposed to, I need you to fulfill me, and I guess, for me, I actually feel quite empowered, in the sense that I've really had to take my power back, and own it, and be like, this is who I am, this is how I treat myself, this is who I want to be, and then not have yeah not have any comfort actually from anyone else other than you know snapchats and zoom calls <laughs> <laughs>
1: and also, it, it kind of um it raises the the point of permission you know what are you looking for permission from another person for yeah and that was a, a big light bulb for me when I, I did some work with a coach a couple of years ago around um around that and it was like well, what are you looking to your partner for permission for it's yeah. like your ability to give and receive has to come from, from you knowing what it is that you, that you need first. And, and that, that was a bit of a light bulb for me as well. It was just sort of understanding. It's like, Oh, right. I don't actually need to wait for permission because my, my husband is just like, do what you want. It's fine. I'll support you. Whatever you want, <sighs> you know? And it's, I'm like oh, oh okay <laughs> but he's also the guy who will never give me an opinion on anything either about you know what should, what shall I wear tonight and he's like oh whatever's comfortable oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it was it was like well what am I looking for his permission for to take the next step I don't need his permission to take the next step I don't need anyone's permission to do what i'm going to do, and and when I had that realization, it was like, Ah, okay, this is not about behaving badly it's about giving myself permission to take the next step and and up level like you were talking about yeah. um, and that is what contributes to being bold, being genuine, being authentic. you know people talk about ah oh, I want to be authentic or I only want to work with authentic people. It's like, well, how do you know that they're being authentic? It's like, well, they've given themselves permission to show up with purple hair and and do the work that they do in the world. Yeah. And, and I think permission is something to, to also explore in this time. It's like, what are you looking for permission for?
0: That is, oh, you're just giving me so many options for the name of this podcast now. I've got a brainstorm going now. Um, I love that so much, though, and that totally resonates because I think that, again, as well, you know, all I talk about is self-worth. And I think it's because for so many of us, we believe that our worth, our value comes externally. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're looking to other people to reflect it back to us. But actually, what happens is once you step into it, it is going to be reflected back to you everywhere but you don't need it, you know, but you've got to own that first. It's like taking your power back,
1: um, which is a total game changer. (laughs) (laughs) It is, but it's so natural. I mean, we're, we're, Born and we don't know how to behave. So we we learn how to behave by other people informing our behavior. So we behave a certain way, we're either rewarded or we're penalized for it. Then we we adjust our behavior. And that continues all the way through life. You know, we go through school, we are rewarded and penalized based on our behavior. Even in the workforce, we're still rewarded or penalized based on our behavior. We're always chasing the carrot. When you turn it on its head and decide, what how would I be behaving if I already had that that's the game changer
0: yeah 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 I love it and I think too, it's like remembering that you already do there's a thing you're sitting at home with your 20 carrots <laughs> yeah. looking for one that's outside of your house and it's like you've already got them all I love that
1: right. yeah right. and you know a question I often ask people is like if you already had the goal that you are achieving, would you show up in a different way? And they're like, oh yeah, I'd be more confident. I would be more ambitious. I would be more organized. I'd be more disciplined. Like that's your goal right there. What do you need to do in order to be more confident, organized, disciplined, ambitious? Yeah. Because then the goal becomes a byproduct of that work. Yeah. Oh,
0: I love that so much. I was on a plane... Um, At the end of last year, I was sitting on a plane, I was kind of having a chat with myself, as you do, (laughs) as I do anyway, and I was thinking about, you know, my vision and what I want to create and my impact and all that sort of stuff, and I, I asked myself a very similar question, and I sort of said, well, what do I actually need in order to be these things? And the answer that came back was to own it, like that's it, it's not that I need more certificates on my wall or more years of experience or more money or more this or whatever. It doesn't matter. The the shift comes from when I decide that I'm already there. I already am that person and just do it. <laughs> Basically.
1: It's hard, right? Because we've all lived this life of being waiting to be told whether we're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So we have to undo all that conditioning. And that that is tricky. hundred percent,
0: yeah. And yeah. a friend of mine always says, you know, and I quote her constantly courage first then confidence mm. and I think that's the thing that you sort of think oh, this is my big dream and one day I'll wake up and I'll feel ready and then I'll know that it's time and it doesn't work like that you know I get nervous before every podcast still even though I know they always turn out amazing and I have amazing people I still have that little like <gasps> you know it's like the imposter syndrome bit you know Jess it. thank you very much um yeah, but it like, it kicks in. It was like, you do it anyway. You just do it anyway. It's like, it's not comfortable.
1: <laughs> it's not comfortable. And you know, most things I said, I think I said right at the beginning of the podcast, actually, that I do things backwards. And the more that I do things backwards, the more, the, the further I get. Yeah. And it is, it's like turning things on its head. Turn things on its head. We're, we're, we're conditioned to, to get external validation where actually the real power is in the internal validation and you're right you need courage to to actually look inside and decide that that's what you're going to do but that's where the confidence lies that's where the authenticity is that's where you become genuine self and can do what you want to do yeah I love it and I think too, you know
0: taking time to actually reflect back on how far you've come and and not once a year but Every day or once a week, you know, last night even, and I will write a post about this later today. I I was having one of those moments where I was really tired. I had a massive few days and I started down that whole rabbit hole of comparison. It's not good enough. I'm not good enough. And I caught myself and I'm like, we don't do this. And so I pulled out my journal and I started writing down in the past month, everything that I've done and not just within business, but relationships within myself, things that I've, you know and I filled up two pages worth of stuff and it's just that shift of be kind to yourself you're you're killing it like you're doing so well but again in our culture as well you know it's actually quite a shift to get people to start um, speaking
1: to themselves like that. Do you find this as well with your clients? Definitely definitely and there's you know my husband said I have a whole load of yoda-isms but there's these little (laughs) sayings that I just keep on rolling out and there's two that absolutely speak to this so The first one being what you focus on expands. So you need to focus on what you want more of, not what you want to avoid. And then the other one is that change happens when we experience ourselves as successful and competent. So when we keep on having opportunities to be successful, then that breeds more success and more competency. So that's exactly what you were describing, is that if I focus on my successes, It will bring more success because what you focus on expands. Um, change happens when we see ourselves as successful and competent. So, so I say to my clients, it's like give yourself as many chances as you can to be successful. Break your tasks down into micro-tasks so that you can tick more off the list because it does something to our psyche that makes us want more and do more and achieve more. Yeah. I love it.
0: Okay. I'm going to have to cut us off here because we could honestly talk all day. (laughs) I feel it's just like loosening up now, but thank you so, so much for your time today. This has been amazing. Amazing. I've got, honestly, we could easily do another podcast. I'd love to have you back if you wanted to come back. Um, But before you go, I would love to ask you one final question, which is if you could go back in time and give 15 year old you one piece of advice, what would it be? Dye your hair purple sooner. Ah, oh, that's the name of the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that is so awesome! That is awesome. I love that. <laughs> okay, my friend, thank you so much for all of that. That was awesome! Awesome, awesome. It's going to help so really many people. Time. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> awesome, and keep, uh, keep safe for the rest of this time.
1: i will do i will do good to connect monica thank you you so much all right i'll talk to you soon